I mean, not that Secretary of State is shabby. No, but that's a difference between running against somebody who you respect. Right. So he gets elected. He asked me to come see him. He asked me to be Secretary of State. And he basically said, look, we're in a mess. That's right. The economy has gone totally down. We have problems around the world. He said, I need your help. I can't do both. I'm going to focus on the economy because we're in terrible shape. Isn't that great? But I need you to go travel around and try to restore our relationships. That's an executive. And that's why I was honored to serve with him. Because, first of all, he is secure. Right. Not threatened by you being Secretary of State. At all. And also, you know, we did run a really close race. We had overlapped in the Senate for a few years, but we ran a really close race. And it was touch and go. People forget this. I actually... Got a few more votes than he did. Yes. But he got a few more delegates than I did. And But here's the thing. Here you, know, you were. You were already a <clears throat> senator. You yeah. had been a first lady. And you weren't the first lady who sat there and made tea. You were the first lady. I remember Hillary Care. Yes. That right. you were really into right. getting some kind of uh, protection for children. Right. And, of course, you were vilified for that. I was. But, but, but it's crazy <laughs> to me. You had all this experience. Right. And then this uh, upstart, a uh, new senator comes yeah, but, into town. But, but, you know, there he had enormous talent. It's sort of like, oh, it's, you know, it's, your, your husband and 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 and, and, and the two be, the two best orators, unbelievable, both of them, and right. and and they they just had whatever that magical charisma was. It wasn't phony entertainment. It was deep, positive security, integrity. I know what I can do for this country. Give me a chance. Very adult. Very, very but, adult. But, but that's adult. a rare gift, it right? Is a, it is. I mean, you yeah. used to get stuff, oh, your voice isn't right, yeah, your, your hair isn't right, right. you don't know how to speak properly, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, did you ever sit there and say to Bill, how the hell are you connecting like this? Like, <laughs> when you would watch him, I mean, it is quite a remarkable skill. It is a truly remarkable skill. Both and he and problem. Barack have it. Yes. But the campaign yeah. seems to rely on that. And that's not re- well, I'm looking for a good executive to run the country. Well, I think, you know, look, I, you got to get both in the same package. Right. I mean, obviously, I think both of them were really good presidents and had to clean up a lot of messes, both of them, and and left the country stronger than when they found it, which should be the criterion. Are you friendly with Elizabeth Warren at all? I Sure. Yeah. You like her? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I realize I think you two have something in common. Listen hmm. to this. OK. I'm watching something with her on TV. Right, right. Sitting there with her husband. And Elizabeth Warren, you know, people don't see her humanity. They see her as sort of this, uh, just just this, I don't know, this senator who mm-hmm. has a plan. Mm-hmm. She's talking about, how, do you know what I'm talking about? No, here? I don't. All right, she's talking about how <laughs> she met her husband. And she says, um, you know, I, uh, I went up to him. I saw this nice guy. I asked him out. I think he was her law professor or something and, okay. and like was kind of like really taken with him. <laughs> and then after a few dates, she turned to him and said, will you marry me? Now, the reason I say I, 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 I relate this to you, I think I have this right. You're at Yale at this point. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there in the library, maybe. Right, right, okay. Right. And you see that Bill Clinton, a guy you don't know. Right. Is staring at you. True. True story. And you go up to him and say, listen, pal, I see you staring at me. You're not into playing games. You're saying, I see you staring at me. So why don't you introduce yourself? Right. Isn't that the most vulnerable position a woman can put herself in? (laughs) Honestly. It could be. You know, it was true because I had seen him around campus. 
Right. And good looking man. Good looking man. He looked like a Viking in those days. He had lots of reddish hair with a big reddish beard. Right. And so um a reddish beard. A reddish beard, yeah. I wouldn't think you'd be attracted to a guy with that kind of hippie beard because at that point you're kind of we a Republican, right? Oh no, no, no. That no, I'd left you, that. Oh, you'd oh, left that I, behind. Yeah, I left that behind. Yeah. That was my dad's uh political uh, affiliation. Oh, oh, yeah, right. And, yeah. They, and you got into it for a while. I did. I yeah, did. Anything to please dad. Yeah, well, you know, you do a little bit, right? So this guy's walking around <laughs> with a red beard. Beard. Yeah, and red beard. Uh, and hippies, right? You're wearing the right. costume of the day. Yeah, bell bottoms, the whole deal, the whole thing. Yeah. work shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you we, got it. We all thought we were revolutionary. Yet we're all wearing <laughs> we're the same, same outfit. Outfits. We're like following Chairman Mao, right? <laughs> it's very Beca- true. Because we thought we were being outrageous. Well, we were compared to where we had come from. I guess. You know, I mean, it was, everybody rebels against the past, I guess. Well, I used to wear that to school every day. And, yeah. and someone said to me, a, a grown man came up to me and he said, you know, you all think, all you hippies think you're so cool. He goes, but you're all just followers. You all wear the same exact True. thing. True. And, yeah. it, and I went, yeah, you're right. You're right. And you're I right. don't want to stick out. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see Bill, you yeah. are able to go up to him and say this. Yeah, and I his, said, I said, if, if you're going to keep staring at me and I'm going to keep staring back, we ought at least to know each other's names. I'm Hillary Rodham. Who are you? So that's how, wow. I, met that's how I met him. Were you nervous doing that? No. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. I, no, I would never yeah. have the guts to even walk up to a woman. So <laughs> the fact that you could do that. But yeah. it is a vulnerable yeah. position. because He could have said to you, oh, I'm not staring at you. Get lost. Yeah, he could have. Right. He could have. Because he could have been ashamed. And, and, then I, and then I would have known right then he wasn't worth the time. And he's brilliant because yeah. he's at Yale Law. Right. 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 And, and he's not a Rhodes Scholar yet. Oh, no, he was. Oh, he, he was already. already. He graduated from Georgetown a year before I graduated from college. And then he was a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford. And then he came to Yale. So I'd been at Yale for a year. How do you get to be a Rhodes Scholar? I mean, that sounds like a very cool thing. It's what? a really cool thing. I think you have to be uh, nominated by your college or university and then you have to go through these rigorous uh, interviews i see and so and and then he asks you out on a formal date no then so then we know i love a romance yeah okay so so then it turns out he'd never been there but we were actually in the same class <laughs> oh so and why was he going to yeah, class because he was working on a political campaign to elect somebody to something in Connecticut. You know, well, politics would, was his first and foremost love. You had to be with a go-getter. I mean, you were a hard worker. You 100%. needed... 100%. Well, also, you know, it was like... It, 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 well, it was just sort of magical and, and, and electric, magnetic. Um, Do so, you need, did you need to be with a guy who was into politics at that no, point? You no. just needed to be maybe with another lawyer. No, no. I just, Somebody who I thought was really smart with a good heart. I mean, that's what I was looking for. And also had ambition. Oh, had to have ambition. Absolutely. Yeah. But by definition, if you've gotten to Yale Law School, you've got some kind of ambition to uh, do something, right? Do you get job offers like crazy when you go to <clears throat> Yale Law School? Is Because yeah. I know a guy who ha- who went to Yale Law School. He uh, he was a freshman, would start getting Yeah, you, you get a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of recruiting done. And was your family looking at you as like a meal ticket in any way? I think, um, you know, my father was a big saver. Mm-hmm. You know, my father never had a credit card. Right. We never had a mortgage on our house. I mean, he paid, I don't know, $30,000 for our house in 1951 or something. Right. So he saved and saved. And uh, so I don't think he ever thought that. But um, after he died um, and my mother did have, you know, enough money from him saved up, uh, you know, we just naturally all took care of her. So. 
I'm just wondering when when you get a kid who's yeah. going to Yale Law School, you go, oh, ka-ching, yeah. this kid's Well, if gonna... you need it, right. Right, yeah. Let's bank on her. This is an insurance policy. You're not kidding. But, uh, and I would imagine, too, and maybe you, too, were thinking, hey, when I get out of Yale Law, I'm going to have some kick-ass job. But then you marry Bill and you go off to Arkansas. But People that's not probably... how, that's not exactly how it unfolded. Okay, so, so let's okay. get back to the romance. So get because, back to the romance yeah, part. Right. Um, so... Anyway, the last day of this class, um, he shows up in the class. Oh. And, uh, Looking for you. Apparently. Right. Yeah. And so we're walking out, and he said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to register for classes for next year. And he goes, oh, I'll go too. So we walk. And, you know, those are the old days when, you know, you actually had to use pencil and paper to register for things. Right. And so I stand in line. I get up to the registrar. Where Bill and I are talking, our first real conversation. And uh, the registrar looks at me and goes, Bill, what are you doing here? You registered this morning. And so I knew that this was all about, you know, getting to know me. Right. Then we went on about a, a, a five-hour date where we took a walk. We went all across New Haven. We got to the New Haven. I mean, he formally asked you out. No, no. We're just like, where are you going? No, this was not like a form. This was like, okay, I finished registering. Because it's hippie days. It's hippie days, Right. right. So we get to the Yale Art Museum and they have a Mark Rothko exhibit. And I said, Oh, I didn't, I, I, I missed that. I, I wish I'd seen it because the museum was closed because it was on strike. Right. And or part, part of the whole university was on strike, as I remember. So Bill said, Why? You really like Rothko? I said, Yeah, I really, I really like him. I've never seen his stuff in person, but I've seen, you know, photographs. He goes, Well, stay here just a minute. So he goes off. This mm. guy I've just met. He comes back. And he has a gentleman with him. He introduces me to this gentleman. He goes, this is, you know, John the janitor. And John the janitor said he'll let us in if we pick up all the trash on the lawn. Oh, my I God. Said, what an operator so this guy is. So we pick up the trash. Yeah. And then we get to go in and see the Rothkos. And then we end up in the sculpture garden. Do you know this reminds me of a John Hughes movie? <laughs> Dude, it, it, I'm not kidding. It was like uh, the, the, the guy takes the girl on the date and he gets her into the museum because he knows the janitor after the after hours. <laughs> I swear, I don't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, but wow. I mean, here we are. So See, this is a guy yeah. who is a born people person. He's a totally... Totally perfect. The janitor person. didn't know me at college. No, no one knew no, me at college. No, but I mean, Bill literally knew everybody who worked at Yale. I just he, about. He loves people. He loves. And you know what he says, which is so important. He says, everybody has a story and everybody deserves <laughs> to have their story told. He was some president. Yeah, he was a great See, president. That's also yeah. another reason. I felt it was a bonus. If you got <clears> to be president, I get you and Bill together working <laughs> as a team. Did. I'm well, like, I get two for one. Two, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. When you were a senator, would he weigh in? Would he give you advice? Sometimes. And sometimes. Yeah. Or, and sometimes stay away yeah. so he wouldn't be a nudge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Some, it, and, and, you know, it was, you know, look, it, being a senator was a great job. I, I bet. Lo- I loved being a senator. And it, it was, you know, it was a job that I loved representing New York. I And then I was there, took off, you know, I took office early January. And then on September 11th, uh, right. we were attacked. Yeah. So that became my job. I mean, yeah. my job was to help rebuild the city, help protect people, help rebuild their lives. You did a good job. Well, it, it was an it was an incredible honor. Doesn't the Al you know? Franken thing break your heart? I think he was a fantastic. Did you did you serve at all with him in the Senate? No, we the did, same, no not at no, the same time. No, but but he did a really good job in the this Senate. This guy. Yeah, he did a good job. Not a lawyer. 
but because he wasn't one, really mm-hmm. wanted to understand policy. Right, right. I felt he, he was... He worked really hard. Exactly. Yeah. He really did. Who is the best president, in your opinion, beside your... your let's take your husband out of it. <laughs> when you go through history, who was yeah. the best president that ever served? Lincoln. See, I think Washington. Why do you think Lincoln? Well, it would be close. I mean, right. it would be like one degree difference between Washington and Lincoln. Because they both... First of all, they were... They understood the job. Right. And they both exercised thoughtful, disciplined approaches to the job. George Washington said, don't make me your king. They wanted to make him king. They wanted to make him king. And then he quit after two terms. Right. And then he gave a great speech, which people should be reading every week, about avoiding factions, meaning partisanship and, you know, putting country over party and all of that. Oh, that's gone out the window. But I think, I mean, Washington, it, it turned out Washington was actually a really good general and, and won the Revolutionary War, deserves a lot of credit for that. But I think Lincoln, I place him, and it's very slightly ahead of Washington, because I think Lincoln faced the worst possible choices you know, Washington was in the creative mode. Like, we're going to build this country. I've got smart people around me. That's why, one of the reasons I've seen Hamilton four times. I mean, I just right. loved everything about that. And Lincoln, if you, there's some great works about him that are really worth diving into. Like, my friend Sid Blumenthal has a great, now four volume um, uh, life of Lincoln focusing on his political life. So, he, you read it? Yeah, it's it's really good. And it, I got to read it. It has stuff that other people haven't. It's really but what the point of it is that you know, he had this view uh that he had to save the union. And how do you save the union when it's half free and half slave? And and what are the compromises you're willing to make? And then finally concluded if you know, we can't we can't stay the United States with slavery. You can't it cannot work. And that was heartbreaking to him. I mean, you, you look at the way that he just got older and older, more burdened, broken down, living with the incredible responsibilities he had. Yeah, can you imagine the responsibility oh. this guy had? The whole United States was at war. I mean, it was at war. Yeah. And it was such a brutal war. I mean, what, 700,000 people killed? So crazy. Yeah. You know, it's a great movie. I just saw Bill and I went to the movie, talk about a sneaking out. We went to see Harriet, the Harriet Tubman story. Good. Good, good and very, uh, I thought, you know, very true. I mean, you know, some liberties for being a movie, but mostly a, a really good, fair retelling of this amazing woman's story. She's in our book. Did you see Mr. Rogers? Yeah, I got it. Wait, I haven't yeah. even got to that. Oh, yet. oh yeah. Well, she's it. I don't want to run out of time. But Mr. <laughs> Rogers, did you see that? I haven't seen it yet, but see I'm that. going to. Oh, I'm you're going gonna to love that. Did you like Mr. Rogers when you were growing up? No, I, I wasn't. I was soupy sales. I was much, you, you know, I'm, I'm an older guy. I, you know, that was my that was my Mr. Rogers. He was demented, you know, but because uh, you didn't have Mr. Rogers growing up. No, no we no. didn't have that. No, I was I, I was growing. I was pretty much grown up by then. My yeah. kids would watch Mr. Rogers and they were very bored by him because in that in the fast paced movement of television, right. this guy was so slow paced. But when you see this movie, mm-hmm. you just fall in love with this yeah. guy. He yeah. was so great and so empathic i mean it was just amazing you know i read a piece the other day of where a woman who had watched it but also felt like you know what's the big deal i mean i wasn't that interesting so she decided maybe she was writing a review of it or something but she decided she would watch old 
versions of it. And all of a sudden, she has these young kids. All of a sudden, they come in and they start watching it. And she made a really astute observation. She said, you know, in this fast-paced world, it was like my kids just exhaled. And they were in front of that TV set watching this gentle man talk to them about being kind and taking care of each other. And they loved it. Oh, it was so beautiful. I didn't have any idea of who this guy was. And I bet Tom Hanks was perfect. Tom Hanks is brilliant in Mm -hmm. it. So get back to the great love affair here. Because we never, you know, I mean, uh, he's working his magic on you. Yeah, he is. And And you've got to be swooning at this point because (laughs) he just got you into, I mean, you're at the museum. We're at the museum, you know, afternoon at the museum. By the way, I think it's interesting that you uh, enjoyed growing up the comic um, um, uh, Brenda Starr. Yes. I read it, too. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I mean, really. But you're right. It was the only woman. If you're a woman and you want a woman comic, Where you had you Wonder find? Woman and, uh, yeah. and, and and Brenda Starr. That's right. And and uh, she was so romantic. Remember when she was dating the pirate? And, with the, uh, with one the eye. eye patch. The yeah, eye yeah, patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, so Bill is hitting all the right notes. Yeah, he's hitting all the right notes. And so then, okay, so then we do go on a formal day. We go out to dinner. And uh, then, he has money to take you out to dinner. Well, it, it was impressive. It was cheap in those days. I mean, right. you know, no. Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, then I really decided. No kiss at this point. Well, we got there eventually. Not at the museum. Not at the museum. I would have kissed him at the museum. No, 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 not at the museum. Well, you know, I was just getting to know him. And well, besides, then, you yes, know, yeah. in those days, you, we we did play a little hard to get. Um, Smart. You're not yeah. giving her the bum yeah. run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he gets you in the museum. So get, except, all right. So date. meanwhile, I still have a boyfriend. Oh, oh. yeah. So from this, back home? No, this from no, college. From college, yeah. You and met him while you were at Wellesley. I met him while I was at Wellesley. Yes. How long had you been seeing this guy? I'd been seeing him by that time, about two years. Did maybe you feel guilty flirting well, I, with Bill? I I felt I didn't feel guilty yet. You hadn't done anything. They hadn't done anything. And I also thought, well, you know, he's really interesting. And, you know, maybe this goes somewhere. Maybe it doesn't. But we'll see. Mm. But I still had a boyfriend. And so. Did you love this boyfriend? Mm-hmm. You did? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Look at you. I did. Who knew all this? Yeah. Well. Look what know. was going on. And law school. And law school. At the same school. time. Well, listen, yeah. you were a catch. Well, I don't know about that. But Earning he, power. But this guy, the, yeah. the, my boyfriend. Yes was a conscientious objector. Ah, did he have to go to jail? No, he he was accepted as a conscientious objector. Right. And he had to do alternative service. And his alternative service started off in Alabama. And then he was transferred to Vermont. Oh, which this was, poor bastard. He, so, so he couldn't be with his love. Well, and I visited him when he was in Alabama. And then um, when this he gave moved, Bill the opportunity. Then, he, then when he moved to Vermont. Yes. So... I would go see him um, on the weekends. I bought an old Oldsmobile Cutlass that was the most temperamental car I'd ever <laughs> owned. I paid right. about one hundred fifty dollars for it, and for some reason, it it would it would just freeze every day, and and it just you know I I'd have to get it jumped all the time. I was a terrible time with it, so I used to take uh, you know I used to take it up to Vermont. I would go up to see my my boyfriend. But it would oftentimes stop, and I, you know, it was a really a messy car. Right. But anyway, um, we were kind of winding down at that point. Do you ever Facebook I. this guy to see how he looks now? <laughs> no, he died. Oh, he died. Oh, he died. Yeah. You see so how he, you know that? Yeah. You, you always look I people went, up. I went to the funeral. You did. I did. Yeah. Did yeah. he contact you after you uh, hooked we, up with Bill? We would occasionally be in communication. Yeah. Really? He was a really great guy. Would Bill say, "Hey, listen, what are you doing?" Well, no, Bill. 
um, really thought he was terrific. He was a, he was a really terrific, yeah he was a terrific guy. He was a great athlete. He and I would go skiing together. We would go hiking together. He was a great athlete. Was he heartbroken yeah. when you said you when you announced to him? Listen, I, I this uh, guy uh, with the beard. Uh, I I I don't know. I think I think that we were we were sort of moving apart, and Bill just kind of was the the reason at the end. Would he ever yeah. say to you over the years? Would you keep tabs on him if he was married? This guy and all this other stuff. I knew he was. Oh, you knew. Yeah, yeah. How did I you liked know? him. I I just liked him. He was a good guy. Oh, he must have been so he upset. A, he was, and he was so handsome. He was really, handsome. really, really handsome. Yeah, he looked like a Greek god. He was really handsome. No kidding, mm-hmm. Greek god. Yeah, he was very attractive. <laughs> well, I don't. I listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, contrary to what you may hear, I actually like men. Oh, <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> That's the well, other that's thing. That's the other thing. You're a lesbian. Women, right? friends. Yeah. Raise your right hand. Yeah. You've never had a lesbian affair. <laughs> never, 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 never even been tempted. Thank Unbelievable. You yeah. But that's the thing. If you you have strong relationships with women, friendships, I do, and I then do. And, you know, and guys can pal around all they want, and that doesn't cause right. suspicion. Right. But right. when women do it, all of a sudden there might well, be something to everything look at. we do can cause yeah. suspicion. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. so right? so getting to the love affair. Yes. Okay. So. so so here's what happened. So I was going to have a party in my dorm room for the end of the year. Okay. Right. And my roommate and I. And uh, so we had this party. And a lot of people came in and out, you know, hors d'oeuvres, beer, whatever. And so Bill came. And so it was really the first time I'd seen him since we went to the museum. Why so long between the museum and this party? A couple of days. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, gotcha. That, that, all right. Yeah. I'm curious. And so, yeah. and then, and, and so he just started, you know, and so he, he stayed. And so everybody left and we just started talking and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked, uh, practically all night. And, uh, it was great. Wow. Yeah. And then about a day later, I got sick. I got a cold or something. So we were supposed to go out. And I called him. Remember those old phones? You remember phones? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. 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 and yeah. you had to yeah. roll your finger right. around it and everything. So I called him and I said, you know, I don't feel good. He comes over. He brings me orange juice and nice. chicken soup. I mean, yeah, Look at this it was guy. great. Yeah. So we started going out. Right. And um, and you dumped this uh, this well, Greek god. We the, we we broke up. Obviously, because right. I was going to go. You out called him, or you went to went to see him. You did. Yeah, I did. You're Absolutely. so honorable. Well, yeah. I Look mean, at you. I expect to be treated that way. So why wouldn't I treat you? You drove else? all the way wherever this conscientious objector was, and Vermont. you said the, Vermont, yeah. and you yeah. said, "Listen, I've met a guy yeah. who uh, yeah. served wanna, me chicken soup." Yeah, he served <laughs> me chicken soup, uh, and he said, <laughs> "I am a Greek god. What are you doing?" No, he, no. He, we 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 were beginning to sort of separate before Bill, but anyway, it was all. very nice that you did that. Well, he was a good guy, right? So anyway, we um we started dating and we did date and date and date and uh then we graduated in 1973 and we went he took me to England and France because he loved being there when he was a Rhodes scholar. So we traveled all over and we ended up in the Lake Country and this was June of 73 and that was the first time he asked me to marry him. And I said I'm not ready to get married. So. Because you hadn't even started your law I, career yet. Yeah, no, I was going to go to work for the Children's Defense Fund. That's, right. That was my my passion. See, that's why you would have been defending kids. That's why you would have been a good president. Well, Who gets out of Yale and then <laughs> defends children? Everyone's out to make the big corporate buck, right? Well, but you know, there's a good tradition. But ninety nine percent of them but, all. But the woman I was working for, Marion Wright Edelman, had gone to Yale Law School, and so she had formed this Children's Defense Fund. She was 
she is an incredible human being and had been the first black woman ever to pass the Mississippi bar or at wow. least acknowledged. So, I mean, I admired her really was, you know, in, in uh, feeling great about working for her. So, so I go you to rejected Bill's proposal, his first proposal. Yes. Right. And then this is so ironic. So then I'm visiting him over Christmas, end of 1973, beginning of 1974. He gets a phone call and the phone call is from a lawyer named John Doerr. And John Doerr says to Bill, I've just been hired to head up the impeachment inquiry staff investigating Richard Nixon. And I've got the name of five young lawyers from Yale that I would like to hire to be part of this. And and I'm calling you to ask if you would be. And Bill said, no, I'm going to run for Congress. Mm. And then Bill says, well, who else is on the list? And he told him and my name was on the list. So Bill said, well, Hillary Rodham is right here. So he hands me the phone. And John <laughs> Doerr says, how'd you like to come to Washington and investigate Richard Nixon? Nixon. Yeah. No <laughs> so, kidding. Yeah. So I went to Washington. By the way, how interesting <laughs> is it that the Trump thing's going, you know, you got to hand it to Trump, though. He's handling impeachment. Imagine if Nixon hadn't res- just said, screw you all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I think Nixon would have actually survived and remained president if he handled it the way Trump. Trump's like, I'm denying, denying, denying. It was a different time. And you had Republicans who followed the law. That's right. So what happened with that case, because I was on it from early January until he did resign. You know, it was really important that we not make any preconceptions. Just look at the evidence. So you weren't sitting there going, Nixon's guilty. No, I wasn't. Wow. I wasn't. Not at right. all. And um, it was. Um, Nixon was not a horrible president. <clears throat> would you agree with that statement? I would. Nixon did some good things. He You're did. Darn right. You know, people don't remember. He started the Environmental Protection Agency, for goodness sakes. I do know that. You know? Yes. And 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 he opened the door to China. Yes. And so, I mean, he he was a a Republican of a different era. Right. His his paranoia, his personal his personal nightmare. He, he was he was so paranoid. He was. He was. He and had that election won. He didn't have he, to go breaking in the, anywhere. I think he got the biggest electoral victory in the history of the country. But he did. He got and, and the people around him. And that's why it's really important. You have you have not only good, smart people around you, but people who will tell you not to do things or will contradict you and question you. And of course, Nixon, you know, got to the point where he was being surrounded by yes men. Right. Um, And so when the evidence began to come out and the grand jury, the Senate Select Committee, all of that. So in June of 74, I'm one of the young lawyers in a soundproof room with headphones on listening to the tapes that had finally been turned over because, you know, the court said you had to turn them over. Right. So when we went to the impeachment articles, which is kind of the phase that this Congress is getting to. Everybody knew we we were and, and Peter Rodino, who was chairing the Judiciary Committee, was also very discreet. Like uh, we you know, we don't know where it's going to turn out. We're just getting gathering the evidence. But when you saw the evidence, it was pretty compelling that he would abused power, obstructed justice. He'd. I mean, contempt what a, of Congress. What a life you have. I mean, the fact that you get out of Yale. Yeah. And yeah. now you're you're actually investigating the president of the United Pretty States. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You know what else is weird, too? I was thinking mm-hmm. about this. I always see that film of when when your husband was a little boy. Mm-hmm. He got to shake hands with John F. Kennedy. Yes, he did. You, when you were in high school, 
you get to meet Martin Luther King and kind of like be in a room with him. I talk- did. I got to shake hands with him. That, that's a very little known fact, yeah, right? Like, right, like, how do right. you get to meet Martin Luther King when you're when you're a young lady? Because, I'll tell you why. Because of my church. Oh. So I had a youth minister who was determined that in my little white suburb in my all white church that we were going to know there was a world bigger and that we had to understand how other people lived and thought. I mean, the guy was amazing. He's one of the most influential people in my growing up. So he says to us one day, we would have a uh, youth fellowship on Sunday nights. He says, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is coming to Chicago. I would like to take our fellowship group to Chicago to hear him speak. Wow. You have to get your parents' permission, of course. Some of the parents wouldn't say How old yes. are you at this point? I'm 13, probably 13, 14. Your parents said, okay, go. My parents said, absolutely. But yep. then how do you get to meet him? Well, you go and you hear, he gave a sermon called right. Staying Awake During the Revolution. And then he stood up there. And if you wanted to meet him, you stood in line. And we stood in line for probably an hour. And then we got to shake his hand. So crazy. Here, your future husband, who becomes president <laughs> of the United States, got to meet John F. Kennedy. You're hanging out with Martin Luther King. You're, you're, you're listening. You're, 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 uh, did you? I'd, I'd like to think so, but I, I, that's an oh, overstatement. This is unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. like it was all. It was so it, amazing. It's such a charmed life. Meant to well, be, yes. Yeah. But, but you know, it was also because of where we put ourselves. Right. I mean, we were interested in these people. I was never interested in going into politics when I was a young woman. Never. God, when I but was a I kid, was, I was so dopey. I never took advantance of any of these yeah, things. But, I bet you were reading comic books. But well, but and it helped you. Yeah, look what it helped me. Yeah. Playing penis jokes for a living, <laughs> for God's sake. Well, Who am I helping? It, it's worked out pretty well for <laughs> you, all things well. considered. Yeah. So, 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 uh, you know, I would imagine. You see, here's the other thing too. So let's let's fast forward a bit. Yeah. Bill becomes, I'm calling him Bill like I yeah. know him, but Bill becomes a, a governor mm-hmm. of Arkansas. You uh, marry him. You become right. the first lady of right. Arkansas. Right. right. Again, it's like I, I think about your expertise, your your education. I, I would think like being the first lady of Arkansas. Sure, it's nice, but it's not enough in the sense that it's almost wasting who you See, are. I, dis- I disagree with that. And here's here's why. It, it might have been in the past or it might have been for other people, but I was practicing law. I was also starting organizations like something called the Arkansas Advocates for Children and Families. I was always deeply committed, maybe because of my mom's own life. And so you didn't look at it as like a second no, position, no, second banana? No, not at all. It was all, I, I, I tried you, to have an integrated life. And but so, would you look at Bill and go, you know, because he has a penis, he gets to be the governor, <laughs> and I'm the first lady. Not at all. No. I could be the governor. No, I never thought that. Really, I, there was I no envy. Never thought. No, not a not a smidgen. Because wow. I thought he would do what he was doing, and I would do. Now I did make a what it turned out to be quite a big uh, miscalculation, and that was this. So we get married in 1975, and I'm going to keep my name, Hillary Rodham. Right. Okay. And I'm doing it both because, you know, it's my name and I'm also doing it because I'm practicing law. And I thought, okay, I don't want there to be any thought that I'm trading off of him, you know, all that stuff. If you use the name Clinton and you're at a law firm. And then, yeah, so I'm I'm really trying hard not to let any of that um, be thought. And so and to avoid conflicts, whatever. So I do this and it becomes a huge issue. I mean, a it, real, backfires. it backfires because like, you know, it was 1975 and then Chelsea's born in 1980. So the, the picture on the front page of the paper is Governor Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham <laughs> announced the birth of their daughter. Do you think uh, it was that the press is saying in some snide way, 
look at this guy. He can't get his woman under control. Some of that, there was some of that. Right. Some of it was, it was just, who does she think she is? You know, that's not what we do down here or anywhere. um, But women were making a statement in those years. Hey, I want to maintain my identity. We were trying to, but it became such a distraction. I said, okay, fine. Well, I'll add Clinton to Hillary Rodham Clinton. By the time your husband becomes president. Right. And again, you're the first lady. Right. Do you still have that same view? Or are you starting to say, you know, I've got the skills to be a president. Is it no. starting to percolate? No. And I'll t- again, I'll tell you why. First of all, when I was uh, in Arkansas, um, I headed I headed a commission to revamp the education system. I also worked on improving health care, particularly for, you know, poor women. Um, so I, I felt like I was doing good work. And that's really what motivates me. So I did that. So we get to Washington. And this was another big lesson. So Bill says to me, you know, if we don't do something about health care, people are uninsured. It's the costs are exploding. and We're not even taking care of everybody. I want to really do a big push to reform health care. Do you want to be involved? I say, sure. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and I was proud of you and very excited oh, by this. And yet, you, oh my again, you caught crap for this. Totally. Because, uh, again, the, the Hillary care was was a negative. It yeah. was like, oh, yeah. look at her. I mean, people were burning me in effigy. And so like you were a communist. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it was, a you know, we had a plan and the plan was to mold an employer mandate with an individual mandate, which is what eventually happened with the Affordable Care Act under Obama. But it was so funny because when I had done education reform in Arkansas, and it was controversial, we made some tough decisions, you know, people were like, well, thank you for helping. You know, we're really glad you're involved and and all that. You get to Washington, and it turns out to be a more conservative place when it comes to what a first lady can do. And so it became... Who is the great... Take yourself out of the running. Right. And, and this ties in with your book, right? Gutsy Women. Who is the greatest first lady? Eleanor at, Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Why? Roosevelt. Partly because she was her husband's eyes, ears, and legs. Right. She literally traveled the world. She would bring back information for him. She also pushed him, sometimes successfully, often not successfully. She pushed him really hard on civil rights. She pushed him on, you know, trying to open the doors to more Jews fleeing uh, Europe. Would she, you look at Eleanor uh, Roosevelt when you became first lady and say, hey, I got to I've got to somehow live up to that standard? Yes, absolutely. And I, then when something like uh, Hillary care backfires on you, do you go, why can't I be why? Why can't I be Eleanor <laughs> Roosevelt? Is it just well, frustrating? No, because she never took a formal position. She was smarter than me. Um, all Everything she did was informal Behind the scenes, or she would, you know, she was a prolific writer. She wrote a newspaper column a day for years. She wrote lots of books. So, but, but she understood and, and frankly, her husband, FDR understood, you know, don't get into the formal mix. And so what she did was both symbolic and, and, uh, effective, uh, the way that she conducted herself. When you became first lady, did you ever pick up the phone and call any former first lady? Oh my gosh. Yes. You did. Absolutely. Well, how does that go? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I like had, a Rosalind Carter. Yeah. Or a, no, I mean, first of all, I think every one of these women have done something that I can admire and I talk about. Right. But I had a great, uh, meeting with Jackie, uh, Kennedy. Where did you do that? At her apartment on Fifth Avenue. Was it a spectacular apartment? It was. It was. And it was homey. I mean, it was, you know, it was beautiful and comfortable and filled with books and flowers. You and picked up the phone and said, Mrs. No, she reached. So she supported Bill. 
Right. And um, so I met her, you know, during that time period. But once Bill was elected, I mean, it's it's just such an abrupt change in everything you've ever done. You know, you don't drive your own car. You you know can't go out alone. Things you were talking about before. Is it is it is it a rush? It's a rush, but it's an adjustment. I mean, it's it you know the rush wears off and 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 the and the confinement continues. Right. But I went. So she asked me to if um uh, to come see her. So I I went to see her. It was so great because you know what she was really focused on was how to make the White House a home for our daughter. And she talked right. about what she had done and how she had raised, um, you know, John Caroline, and Caroline. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and she was funny. I mean, she was an incredibly gracious, smart, witty. Was that hard woman. for you to negotiate with Chelsea in terms of? Uh, no, no, no. If she was heartbroken to leave Arkansas. I mean, that was right. where she was born, where she was raised, where she went to school. And there were a lot of tough issues like, where does she go to school? And right. I here's what I learned from the Carters, whom I admire deeply. Um, they put Amy, who was their only one still in home, into public school, which would have been my preference because Chelsea had gone to public schools in Little Rock. But the press wouldn't leave the school alone. So That's the right. first day this little girl goes out to the playground, it's like, you know, paparazzi climbing the fences, walking onto the playground because it was public. Isn't that property. unbelievable that they do that? It is terrible. That's the one it place they got to back off. Back off from kids. Right. And, and, and you know, I, my daughter has a great Twitter presence and she defends Baron Trump, you know, all the time. Anybody yeah, don't, don't says anything think, about him. You know, the, I saw someone the other day saying that Melania is such a, an attack to first lady. You were the most attacked first lady. <laughs> were you not? I mean, well, but, Melania's got it easier compared to well, you. Well, but part of it is because of what I was trying to do. Start, right. Starting with health care. Um, she never picked up the phone and called you and asked for advice to be a first lady, did she? No. She wouldn't. No. They got to hate I, you. I had, I had You're great, the villain. Well, yeah, because yeah. I beat them if you count the votes. But right. anyway, but I had great conversations with Barbara Bush, Laura Bush, Rosalind Carter, uh, Michelle Obama. We we traded and and we would go to things, you know, a library opening, some kind of, you know, presidential or first ladies events. I also was very admiring of Lady Bird Johnson. Uh, I didn't get to know Pat Nixon particularly well, but I really admired Betty Ford. Uh, you put her in the book. I put her in the book because. Because she admitted to her alcoholism. And because of what she did for breast cancer. Right. My mother's best friend who lived across the street from us was sick, but nobody would say the words breast cancer. That was taboo. It was almost like the AIDS virus. Like people no. were afraid to say they had cancer like you'd catch it. I know. And and breast. You didn't say the word breast right. cancer. And so I, my mother would go over to see her friend, Eleanor, every day, and Eleanor died. And then along comes Betty Ford. She's, she's in the White House. Her husband's the president after Nixon's resignation. She gets breast cancer. She gets, you know, she was a beautiful woman. She gets herself dressed up in the bed in the hospital after her treatment. Gets her husband there, has the photographers come in. She starts talking about breast cancer. She saved lives, Howard. Then... Fast forward, she admits she's got an addiction problem, and she starts the Betty Ford Center. You're so right about this. And you see, we forget, this is why it's important to write books and remember history, important yeah. history. Because even, you know, I had this thing with my kidney. I wrote about it in my book. I was ashamed. I didn't want, I, there was a bunch of reasons, but I didn't want to talk about my health. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be an mm -hmm. issue, this and that. For her to be first lady at that time right. and say breast cancer. Right. And I'm addicted. Right. Insane.
And, and I bet you she got a lot of pressure from her husband not to do that. Well, you know, to his credit, because there's a there's a new uh, autobiography of her out that is very detailed. By and, the way, he was not a bad president, uh, was he, he? Gerald Ford I, was pretty good. I always liked him. Me you know, too. I, I liked him. And, you know, I know that it was really controversial, and it probably did hurt him when he ran against uh, President Carter in 76, that he pardoned Nixon. But Nixon had been punished. He'd been forced to resign and because retrospect, Republicans went to him. Yes, and in, re- in retrospect, it, it it got rid of the issue. It like got yep. it off the plate. It, it it allowed the country to move on. Nixon did, in my view, the right thing by resigning. Um, so when so but but when they they had to stage an intervention uh, right. over her addictions, and it was tough because at by that time she was a former first lady, but still in the public eye. How embarrassing! She had to go somewhere for treatment. Her first treatment was at a military facility, pretty bare bones. Um, but the family stood by her. They were unashamed. And and that's the kind of courage that, yes. you know, really can make a difference in somebody else's life. Because now people, Betty Ford took me through the Betty Ford Center and well, showed me around. Yeah. And what about when Michael Dukakis ran? Yes. His wife yes. admitted to having a problem. Right. I don't think she would have done that if it wasn't for Gerald Ford. Yes. Right. right. It, it all right. leads up to something. Right. And right. now people are willing and to people admit. People are much more willing and much more open. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even and especially when you run for president, I remember when you had that fainting spell or whatever oh, it was, they had you dead for they, sure. They had me dead. Well, you know, so what happened, I, I, I hadn't been feeling good, but, and finally, so my, my doctor, this was on Friday. She says, you know, well, let's get an x-ray. She goes, Oh my gosh, you have pneumonia. So here are the antibiotics. Knock it out. Okay. So I do my schedule Friday. I do my schedule Saturday and Sunday is, you know, the 15th anniversary of 9-11. And I have really strong feelings about that. Right. So I decide I'm going to go. A mistake. Here's a funny little aside. So I get to the site. We go to down to the, the site down uh, downtown. And Chuck Schumer meets me. And Schumer says, because I served with Chuck, as you know. Do you like Chuck? I do. I do. I think he's an incredibly hard worker. But he was too hard on Al Franken, right? I, you know... Come on. I wish that had turned out differently. Let me say that. Okay. I really do. I think that there should have been a process. Right. So anyway, so Chuck meets me and he goes, oh, I'm so glad to see you. You know, I've had pneumonia. I've been in the house for five days. <laughs> so first time I've been out. I thought, wow, this is weird. Yeah. And so there I am. I'm at the ceremony and I start to feel, you know, kind of weak. So I say, okay, I better leave. So I walk, I get to the car and that's when I felt, okay, I'm really going to faint. So I get in the car. Fine. I was fine. I go to my daughter's apartment. I rest up for about an hour. Then I come out. The press is there. They see me. I'm not dead. And I say, okay, you know, good to see you guys. I go on with my schedule. You would have thought that I was being taken oh, yeah. to the cemetery. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. Have you gotten your pneumonia vaccine? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, so did I. Yes, I did. Was and your arm killing you? Yes, it was. It I hurt. couldn't lift my arm. I thought like, I was done. Have you gotten your shingles? Yes. Both the, the new ones. The new one. Both. Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. You got to do your shingles. Did you yeah. get sick from the shingles vaccine? No, I, I didn't. I had I three didn't. days of misery. You just but felt I'm, bad. I'm so glad I got it. You know, every time I hear about somebody with shingles, I go, please. My wife has shingles. I am crazed about people who don't vaccinate yes this is nuts and people are dying yes and and, and everyone's little, anti-science now. well what is the problem i don't get it well they think the autism is being called but because, because, that has been debunked continuously doesn't matter anymore yeah i guess not no but, but meanwhile they're putting their kids but more importantly everybody else's kids at risk uh first of all uh hillary clinton uh madam secretary <laughs> Uh, gutsy women criteria. Uh, they got. I'm saying the wrong thing. What are you saying? I'm yes. saying. I'm trying to give you a plug. <laughs> uh, 
what Hillary are, what and Chelsea, the, the book of gutsy women is available wherever books are sold. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, no. They, now they, you wrote this with I wrote Chelsea. with my daughter. Yeah, we did. I'm going to go down this list of some people. I think you got right. But by the way, I, like I say, these are the Academy Awards. Yes. voted on by you and your daughter. That's true. We did. These are the best a, women that you could find. Uh, examples of great yeah, guts. Yeah. And women. you both and had the to book, literally the book could have been like a thousand pages long. That's, right. That's right. not. But uh, you both had to agree on yes. each choice. And we wrote over 200, Robin, and then we had to cut it in half. Wow. So it was it was, it was a challenge. Process. Now, before I get to that, I got to ask you one question that's always, I bring this up all the time. My father put this thought in my head. He used to say to me, if the American public could see Camp David, mm-hmm. there would be a revolution in this country. That, in other words, our presidents are being treated like kings. My father says that a great president would get rid of Camp David. Well, this is my father's. What is Camp, camp David? Camp David is truly a camp. First of all, it's a military base. Right. Okay. And it is rustic. It is not like a like a. It's not a palace. No, it's not a palace. Why are, won't they show it to us? Well, there have been, I, you know, there there are pictures. There's lots of pictures online right. um, of you know when um, uh, President Carter had meetings there, and just the most recent, uh, you know, President Obama. And apparently, uh, Trump is going to have the G7 there. Right. Obama had the G7. Now there. that he can't have it in his hotel, he can't have it at his hotel. Right. right? <laughs> uh, so it, it's very rustic. There's nothing. So it's Over not palatial. No, not at all. And oh, I mean, there. So my father's wrong. He was wrong. Yes. Yeah, but because, but I, I bet in his time there weren't very many pictures. Uh, right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I my father's yeah. got to hang up with that. Yeah. All right, I'm talking about the book now. Just uh, and and believe me, I would like to get awards from you. From like, I'd like to know who your favorite Congress person was. I was going to say, um, I bet it's uh, when Lyndon Johnson was a congressman because or Tip O'Neill. Because those guys could bring together Republicans right. and Democrats. They got things Factions, done. Yeah. They got things done. And there was a guy, yeah. Allard Lowenstein was another Oh, one. he was a good guy. Wasn't he yeah. a good guy? Yeah, he was a good guy. And he yeah. got assassinated. Mm-hmm. Nobody makes a big deal about that. You know, there have been uh, some really tragic stories like that of yes. members of Congress. Mm. You know? It's scary. Yeah, yeah, it is scary. Well, that's why I say becoming first lady and then becoming a senator. And, and then the, running for president. And then running yeah. for president. And yeah. they're still screaming... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lock her up and everything. I know, I know. I'd be, I'd be very scared. Uh, well, you know, look, you can't be scared. You, you can't. You, you just can't. You can't let that. But you have you. Secret Service. Yes, I do. And and and, that and your makes husband. a big difference. It yeah. does. As as a as a former president, former first lady, right. we have it. Yeah. How, how do you live your life though if you're under the constant gaze now since you were first lady? You know. You, I, Howard, you just have to live your life. I mean, really, you just have to get Can up every day. Can you do anything normal? You don't go to a supermarket. I do. You sure, do? I do. Absolutely. But you got two dudes, two no, no, big guys hanging out. No, they, you know. They, they'll they'll yeah, wait a little? They hang back. They hang back. Yeah, they're not, they're not out there squeezing the cantaloupes with me. I would love to see what goes on. <laughs> do you and Bill ever say, you know, why go out tonight? It's just going to be too much of a scene. It's too much. Let's just stay home. Well, we probably have done that in the last 25 years. That's true. Right. But most of the time, you know, we say, let's go to the movies. We go to the movies. Let's go out to dinner. We go out to and dinner. And these guys sit behind you yeah, during the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. That, they don't sit bad. right next to you. No, they don't sit next to us. They sit behind us. Yeah. And it's, it, it works. Believe me, it works. But it probably is a good thing for you, Howard, because they don't let people sit next to them. Oh, first of all, I would love I would love to have a full Secret Service Absolutely detail. Absolutely, he would. I got to tell you something. I don't want to meet anybody. I'm unlike you and Bill. Well, you can hire 
hire some guys to go around with, you know, things in their ears and well, sunglasses. Well, I'm going to confess something. Yeah. I went to the movie. I went to see uh, the, the Mr. Rogers movie. Yeah. I had a guy sitting behind me. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, but, you know, part of it I is. I did. When you're as well. I don't trust anybody. You didn't tell us that until now. When you're well, as I'm well telling well my, my, my secretary of state and my, and my president. Within the cone of silence here. There you yeah. go. No, look, when you're as well known and as recognizable as you are and as I am. Yeah. You just have to figure that it's going to happen. So, like, when we go to the theater, um, you know, we sit on the aisle because we know people are going to come up. And that right. way, you know, we can get the selfie. We can stand up and shake hands without bothering worst, people. Are selfies the worst thing that ever happened it, to a it, politician? I mean, it, come on. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. You don't always want to take a No, you don't picture. always want to. And, you know, I right. mean, obviously, sometimes you wish you hadn't. But right. it, it is what here's what I miss about it. So even when I ran in 08 president certainly when i ran for the senate and in all of bill's campaigns you know you would do an event and then you would go do what's called the rope line you know where the audience was mm-hmm. and you'd shake hands and in that interaction people would say something to you they might say please keep fighting for health care i have a child with a disability or they might say here's my letter i'm a vet and i can't get good care i mean you would have a real human interaction okay by 2016 Let's take a selfie. Let's take a selfie. That's all it's about. And, and you would you would not learn anything about what was going on in that mm. person's life. When and I miss that. When you got criticized for maybe not going to every state and shaking every hand, like everyone was playing Monday yeah. morning quarterback. Yeah, of oh, course. Hillary right. lost for this yeah. reason. Yeah. She lost for that reason. This and that. And, you know, who knows? I'm sure right. you did your own Monday morning. I did. Like I, maybe did. I, could, I wrote a whole book about it. I know. Did you, did, you, did, did you feel like maybe if you had gone to some diner somewhere in, uh, you know, I don't know, in the middle of uh, yeah. nowhere yeah. And, sh- and shook somebody's hand, it would have made a difference? You never know that. I mean, first, of all, I did. I did go to a lot of the places. Um, maybe not enough. Right. That, but I did. But I think that this election uh, turned on other factors. I think, um, you know, look, the Russians and WikiLeaks really did a job on me, both in terms of the way they weaponized information and then the way that they... And they're going to do it again. They're doing it again. Right. And they're doing it to whoever else is going to be up there. And I think, you know, the Comey letter, 10 days before the election, killed me. Oh, and that was it, awful. It was unbelievably awful. How do you get over that pain of Comey doing that to you? It, it was so shocking. And I thought that I had made it through. But then I went back and, and for my book, what happened, I looked at a lot of polling. Like, for example. I can't believe you went back and looked at I that. did because I wanted to figure it out. Because, look, you know, if you if you do something, you throw yourself into it for two years and it doesn't work out the way you think it will and the way that everybody also believed it would what went on what happened so there was all kinds of stuff and i and i've told this to everybody running who i've talked to and i've talked to most not all i've said look you can probably mean the current crop current crop i said you can run the best campaign and you can get the nomination but here are four things you got to watch out for number one voter suppression the other side wants to shrink the electorate they don't want everybody to vote they want to try to cut out you know minorities and young people and whatever okay number two if you haven't had your personal email stolen it will be but i bet it already has been it's banked somewhere and they will use it to try to paint a picture of you that is totally untrue and who of us could uh, have our personal email stolen and look good well very few but even if it's nothing insidious illegal unethical you can twist anything and right And then thirdly, they're going to lie about you 
repetitively on social media, particularly Facebook, and they're going to target it at people who are susceptible to that. And you read this stuff and you have to sit there every time and say, do I just ignore it or do I take it on? You know, here, I'll tell you. So there was a study done after my election by Ohio State University, and they went and found people that said they had voted for Obama in 2012 and voted for Trump in 2016. And they really dug in and said, "Okay, why, why, why? And it was all about what they saw on Facebook. Because over 50% of Americans get their news from Facebook. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Now, that doesn't mean that they're not... How about the New York Times now is a bunch of liars? I mean, it's the greatest newspaper ever. And and they feed into it because they won't, you know, they won't draw lines. But so what happens with the, um, you know, the whole thing about what do we believe and what do we not believe and all the rest is people now are genuinely confused. So these researchers said, okay, well, what did you believe? What changed your mind? Number one, she was dying and they got they got news feeds from places like Macedonia or St. Petersburg. You know, the Russians were really good at this, where they had somebody looking like an American with American accented English who would say yet another expert has said that she has Parkinson's. She won't live out her term anyway. So second, that I had somehow gotten uh, arms to ISIS, totally made up. Right. I mean, beyond absurd. Third, that Pope Francis had endorsed Trump. They got it out there totally into people's Facebook feeds who only get news from Facebook or maybe get it supplemented by Fox. But, you know, so we're living in these very, you know, it's a weird time. It's very 1984. It's really hard. Did you did you have your first hundred days kind of planned in your head? Yes, I did. Here's my perception of the presidency. Yeah. Yeah. You get one shot. You get that first hundred days. Right. You got to right. pick really one thing you're passionate right. about. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get 50 things mm-hmm. through. You're not going to get two things through. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get one major push. And you yeah. would have had a tough time because you would have had a Republican Congress right. and Senate. Right. What right. was the one thing you you knew in the back of your mind you were going to get done if by any way possible? Well, taking on at that point, I, I was going to have to try to do more than one thing because right. we had to we had to shore up and save health care and try to get it on a much firmer footing and expand it. We had to figure out what we're going to do about immigration, which is tearing this country apart. And it is the biggest cudgel that is used against people. And there, and there, the the Senate passed a bipartisan bill in 2013 and the house wouldn't bring it up because they'd rather have a political issue than solve a problem. So that's where we are. So you would have pushed on that. I would have pushed on that. Yeah. And I would have gotten people lined up, as quickly as possible to get confirmed as judges. Do you think, yeah, I know. Do you think that uh, Trump is responsible for the good economy right now? Or do you think it was an Obama thing? Because as you mentioned, when Obama came into office, it was a mess. Yeah. I'm talking about the economy. Right. We saw a constant uptick right. in the economy right. all through the Obama years. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as fast as people would like, but what the heck. Right. Going up and up and up and up. Right. The guy who comes in after Obama isn't necessarily in one day going to fix mm-hmm. the economy. Right. He's benefiting from whoever his predecessor was. Would right. that be your assessment? Or should Trump take a bow and say, hey, this is uh, my doing? Look, I think that the economy is largely operating because of what Obama did. And it was, as you remember, really hard. And it helped to spark the Tea Party because he made some tough decisions that, you know, saving industries that nobody thought should be saved, but for the good of the economy had to be saved. So I give the bulk of the credit still to Obama. What I here's what I worry about. I think the economy is on kind of a 
um, right now an even keel. But I do see some problems sort of forming underneath. I think these trade battles that he's picked, that he has been, you know, just bellicose about, um, are short-term wins, but medium and long-term losses. I think the tax cut, the huge tax cut, it was a boon for corporations and for the very wealthy, but it didn't bring about the kind of investments that you need to build the economy for everybody. So now you've got people who could not put together $400 in an emergency, Howard. You know, That's bad. And, and car payments are way behind schedule. People are late on car payments. Credit card debt is going back up again because even though we have a lot of people working, it's not as many people as a percentage of the population as it was when Bill was there. And so we got some slack in the economy. So, look, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I'm not one of these people who cheers and hopes for a collapsed economy. That's not that's too much pain for people. I would never do that. But I do worry that we're not on a solid trajectory. When you were standing in the uh, I guess they call it a situation room. Behind Obama, they're about to kill bin Laden. Right. You knew that was a huge moment, right? Huge. Were you thinking again, this could have been my presidency? No. Really? No. Were and, you glad in a way it wasn't? Because that's a that's a heavy thing when you see these guys going in. And- well, I, I, I recommend it. You know, there was a split among his advisors. And I was one, I was in the small group that said, go after him and, and go ahead and do it with uh, a Navy SEAL. Uh, team and you watched the whole operation go we down. Did. We did. Are you allowed to go home and tell your husband that this has happened? No, you're not. No, and I'll, no. I once it happened and the president announced it. Yes. No, I mean before you, the president no. announces it. So here's a funny story. So the raid takes place. Yeah. And then we each had calls to make. I had calls to certain leaders and and members of the Senate. Uh, Obama was calling all the former presidents. So he gets Bill on the phone. He goes. Well, you know, Hillary's probably told you this, but and Bill said, told me what? So, no, I didn't tell anybody. Wow. I mean, it was like it was one of the most intense public experiences I've ever had. And here was, in my view, the right way to make a presidential decision. So there was a small group of us and we were we were meeting. We met numerous times. We looked at all the different angles. We looked at all of the intelligence to figure out was this real or not. And that was not an easy decision. And then the president would come in and meet and and we would go through it with him. And then the final day of our last meeting, he went around the table and he asked everybody to tell him what they thought. Was Biden there? Biden was there. What did he say? Don't do it. Right. Biden said, don't do it. Gates said, don't do it. I mean, Mm. you know, because the risks were enormous. Right. You were going to fly into Pakistani airspace, land in a place called Abbottabad, which happened to be where the. Pakistani military academy is like West Point and launch an assault to take out the, you know, the most horrific terrorist in our history. So you don't fault Biden for saying no. I no, mean, I don't he, fault. I, here's my point was in this room, this was presidential decision making because we all said what we thought, but he had to make the decision. And he said, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to sleep on it. And, you know, I made my case as to why we should do it. I mean, I've, I felt a special responsibility having 
been in New York, New York the day yeah. afterwards and seeing all that. Were you like, oh, why doesn't he make up his mind? Because no. why should he sleep on it? Let's get in there. No, I admired that. You did. Yes. I do not like impulsive decision makers. Right. Uh, because. And he also know, listens to other he people. He listens and he probes. And why do you believe that? And why don't you believe that? You so, watched Bin Laden die. No, we the we the video ended when the seals got into the complex, into the buildings. Because of a technical reason, or because uh, you didn't want it? Didn't I? I think both. I think right. both because you know you're they had you know night vision uh, on and the cameras were on, but it would have been grainy and not very good. And why have that? Remember, I, I agreed with the president as well uh, not to release pictures. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so when when here's a here's a story that I like to tell because most people don't know it. You know, you know about you know, you know about the seals going in. You may know that one of the helicopters crashed. That's right. And luckily, we had tried to think of every possible scenario. So there had been another helicopter positioned nearby to come oh. in to take out the seals, but the one that had crashed was a new stealth helicopter. It had to be blown up so that the technology wouldn't fall into the wrong hands. So they they kill bin Laden. They have to take his body out because we have to do the DNA back when they get to Afghanistan. So they have to blow up this helicopter. Those Navy SEALs, after having shot their way into that, killed the Kuwaiti courier, killed his brother, killed one of, you know, bin Laden's uh, adult sons, wounded one of the women who was after them. They took the women and children out and they took them to the other side of this big compound as far away from the helicopter uh, explosion as they could. So they wouldn't be injured. Now, that's when I think about the American military, that's who I think about. And I am sick to my stomach about what Trump did, pardoning, pardoning three men who had been test. They test were testified against by their own men because of the way they behaved. What so, is that? Well, I don't know what it is. It's his it's his perverse understanding of courage and and war in other words, there are rules. Um, there are there have to be rules. That's why I was so proud to tell that story. What other military would you know, do that? Right, well, you know, all of a sudden people are waking up. We're monitoring all the chatter. People are waking up. They're climbing to their roofs. They're only a mile away from this military academy. And our guys take the time to move this family around. First of all, they didn't kill him. And right. then they brought him to safety. That's yeah. that's the American military that it, that it, I know. It moves me. It moves me when you describe this. I, it brings tears to my yeah, eyes mine that, too, that, because, because what a great what a great bunch of guys That's honor that yes. is honor. And so you can't undermine that no. military experience and, 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 and the command, exactly. the chain of command and that do level you, of quality of service. Exactly. Did uh, you do you yeah. are there think? Listen, I'm just an ordinary schmo. You've been on the inside. Mm hmm. The stuff, you know, that goes on. I'm talking about CIA, yeah. FBI, yeah. everything. In other words, should we be in a panic? Is the world out there even 50 times more dangerous than we even understand? Have we been saved and don't even know it? Oh, often, over and over. And you know that. I know that, over and over. And, and, and by you, saved, you mean foiled plots to blow foiled, major stuff up? and Foiled plots, um, turning, uh, you know, spies our way to all of a sudden we know more and therefore we can preempt things, plan for things. Because people out there are brilliantly devious and well, they, they have plots that are incredibly well, sophisticated, right? Working, yeah. And and they are constantly working against us. Yeah. 
I mean, that's what drives me crazy about the Republicans today, trying to defend the indefensible with Trump's conduct and defend the Russians. I mean, I sat across tables. I sat in chairs next to Vladimir Putin. He is not our friend. He's a scumbag. He's an adversary, and he wants to bring us down. And you know what they're smart about? They could never take us down militarily. Never. They can't take us down economically. They've got a, you know, small economy compared to ours. But they can divide us. And they're doing it. And they're doing it every 